Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 4, The Whole World is Watching. All that and more references that we have no control over. Dude, that name hits different now that I've seen the episode. Yeah. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Oh, and in our producer chair today, we have Jay Scotty St. Clair. How are you doing, buddy? Doing very well. Thanks again for having me back. Excited to get into this episode. Absolutely. It's great to have you, man. Great to have you. Since it's your first real week having this out, let's like up top mention your new podcast that is now available everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, it's called the Animation Deliberation Podcast, so you can find it pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, uh, Animation Deliberation. Uh, we, we've been covering Young Justice on HBO Max, but uh, very excited that there's some brand new content uh, on Amazon Prime. We just released our uh, coverage of the first four episodes of Invincible, and I know there was a, a new episode that just dropped. So uh, yeah, please, uh, please check that out. Give us some ratings and some reviews and uh, send us some feedback. Uh, really excited to, to have that officially launch and excited to get your guys' feedback. Yeah, I'm excited to give you feedback if I can ever catch up on Invincible. Uh, but, but yeah, everybody, please go give them some lo- Stranded Panda love. They're uh, the, br- the newest podcast on the network, and that's really exciting. All right, well, let's get into this. We are talking about episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier right now. Uh, we're going to send Jay Scott. He's going to go into his feedback cave and uh, round up some feedback. If you're on the YouTube or the Twitch, you can send in feedback to Jay Scotty. Jeff... This episode, man. Matt, this episode, man. I have not left an episode feeling so... I don't even know, man. It's it's <laughs> wild. It is wild. The, the, that last shot is iconic as hell already. Just blood yep. on the shield. I mean, it reminds me of every amazing cover of a comic book that is that is so iconic you know what i mean it's just yep. like that is and it may be there may be that shot in a comic somewhere but that is an amazing shot yeah uh, you know honestly I, I hate to bring up a, a different verse from a, a director that i have uh said bad things against but it reminds me of the the pin in the watchman with the blood splatter across it yeah like i can the see smiley that. face pen i can see that like, that's what that shield with the blood on it reminds me of. Like, holy crap, dude. That Like, when this episode ended, the first thing I said out loud was, well, that was definitely the end of Act 2. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That was certainly end of Act 2 material. Yeah, which you posted on Facebook, too, and I was like, and now my, uh, now my expectations are high. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> honestly, these first three great, and I loved last week's episode. Last week uh, with Zemo, uh, I absolutely loved him as a character, and I loved the the trio of them working together and like how they played off each other. It was awesome. Zemo dancing is everything. Um, yep. But this episode, the character development and the the, the death of Battlestar. I mean, leading Oof. to John Walker killing a man in the street with Captain America's shield for ever sullying that shield. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this whole, this whole show is about what happens to that symbol now, you know, <sighs> talking specifically about the shield and people's relationship with it uh, as an icon. I love that Carly in this episode echoed what, what Sam said last episode, that shield should be destroyed mm-hmm. just to remove that, 
you know, that, that imagery or that, that symbol of that bygone era. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it, and I, I actually, I think it was on a previous episode. Did I say this on the podcast or no? I joked about Carly being the new Captain America before she blew up that depot last episode. I was like, you know, yeah, I could see it. She could be the new cap, you know, like she's like, she's like the cap for the world trying to avenge everybody. She's got the super soldier serum and then she blew up a depot with innocent people inside, or at least, uh, nominally innocent. She didn't believe them to be innocent. Um, but this episode, she clearly crosses some lines and battle stars, just killing ba- battle star. As soon as he's laying on the ground and there's that dripping substance behind him, I was like, that's gasoline or something. He's going to die. I am so worried for battle star. And then he got up and I was like, Oh, okay. It's he's safe. No, he's not safe. Punch through the safe. chest <sighs> into a column, breaking the column and probably his spine and head. Yes. His heart probably stopped as soon as he was punched. A super soldier punch to the chest is not a thing you want. Yeah, we saw what happened when Jessica Jones punched people in the chest without restraint. Yep, exactly. His sternum was probably liquefied. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not a great not a great situation for him. It sucks that it wasn't John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if it has to happen to somebody, I would prefer it to be John. I don't think that, you know, it, that's still too far. You know, like, yeah, I didn't like Lamar. I didn't like Lamar Hoskins. I didn't want to call him Battlestar because, like, you know, it, it's just I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to indulge this sort of behavior. Mm. You know, <laughs> see, I, I actually disagree with you. I think Lamar picked the wrong guy to be the wingman of. Yeah. But Lamar was his conscience. And in that moment what, when yeah, he yeah, dies, yeah. so like I really liked Lamar. I just don't, you know, he, he's, he's in the position he's in. He, he has the wingman he has and he's doing everything he can. And, and these guys have like battled together in, in, in actual war. And now they've come back. They had the discussion about sort of the moral ambiguity of war in this episode. What they had to do in Afghanistan. Yeah. 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 And like, that all didn't push John Walker more to the mustache twirly, you know, it like really deepened his um, relationship with what he's, he's doing. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he's, he's doing what he thinks he needs to do just like he had to in war. And, but when Lamar dies, not only is it his best friend dying, but it's also his conscience going away. Yep. And he loses it, man. He's just, he's pure John Walker at that moment and he doesn't have anyone to hold him back. Lamar has so many times in the, in the show, like stopped him from doing something. You know what I mean? Like he's been like, Hey, how about we not do that? Or how about we, we, Hey, voice of reason real quick. Yeah. He's the voice of reason. I like that somebody had that role for John. I just, I didn't like Lamar in that he associated himself with this guy who, is fake cap basically like right you know the the wish.com cap if you will <laughs> right and like i that's why i didn't like lamar like it, i didn't hate him like i hated john it was just i wasn't a fan of his just like mm, you hang out with the wrong people man like i don't know that we can be friends but like he didn't deserve to get punched through the heart and no. exploded inside definitely not liquefy his internals with a with a super soldier punch like nobody deserves that maybe john walker but that's I think that's bias talking. Yeah, see that's the thing. I think your bias is is showing. And I think like 
to me, it's it's the discussion we had about him and Cap in the first episode, like new Cap, uh, because like he hadn't done anything wrong. We just hated him because of the place of the guy he was taking, you know? Right. We hated him because of the the smug ass wink and looking like Carl from Up with a helmet on. Right, which none of those are good reasons to hate a person. And so there was a lot of complex things we discussed. And I don't think Lamar ever did any of the things that, like, John Walker has been proven now to be all the things we feared. Probably worse than we feared. And Lamar was not that guy. Lamar was actually a a good man and a good man trying to reason with the situation and help his friend make the right decisions and – it, it's awful that he's dead, but yeah, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen as soon as he fell on the floor, tied up with that dripping substance. I was like, "This is just. This is not good. This is not good. Yeah, this is not great. Not great." I love the I love the cinematography that they that they used in this episode. Um, like whenever whenever uh, Lamar, I'll, I'll call him Battlestar. You know, in death, <laughs> a member of Project Mayhem has a superhero. In name. death, we have fake names. Yeah. <laughs> when whenever Battlestar showed up in in a room like heroically, it was like there were the camera angles were always low looking up at him mm-hmm. like making him seem all that more heroic and like really accenting the star on his chest like in his in his um his tack vest. And then like every every angle of the camera whenever like character building was happening for John Walker was always up close in his face and a little bit higher, or he would tilt his head down. And it was always, it always made him seem like he was more sinister or, you know, like slowly unraveling. It was, um, it was For really sure. great camera work. Yeah. 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 Every, every, everything's been expressed really well, like what he's going through. And now that he's got the serum, there, there was some discussion in the live chat on the live watch is like, some of the people he was fighting, were they even real? Oh, yeah. Is it all in his head? Yeah. We know that he had taken the serum. And does that mess with your head? Uh, it doesn't seem to ha- Carly seems to still have her head on her shoulders. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily universal, but there could be side effects that we don't know about. It's a very small sample size at this point. And it could be right. that it, it could be that John Walker just has mental problems anyway. But there's just that one scene where like he's fighting a guy in the stairwell and the guy seems to just disappear. And there's just like a shield in the wall and he goes and picks up the shield and then another guy attacks him. And it's like, which of those was one of those guys fake? Was it in his head? Like there's a really strange moment in the fight sequence. If he's actually unraveling, like what does that mean? And like, it just does not bode well for the future yeah. of the shield. <laughs> yeah. For the future of the shield specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, in that scene where he was fighting, uh, the, the stealthy, uh, super soldiers, we'll say. Um, it felt like they were they were really setting that up for like a horror element, and it it felt really like suspenseful and tense and scary and like hmm. I, I like I like that they did that. It didn't make me care about John Walker anymore, but like <laughs> it it certainly made me felt the it made me feel the tension in that scene. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Uh, this was such a good episode, Matt. There's so many good things to talk about. Like, we haven't even gotten into Zemo setting up a little network of of little birds. Dude, Zemo with, is with Turkish his delight. Most Zemoist this episode. 
Um, oh, yeah. I love Zemo so much. He's, and he, he, he states his case in this episode, which even clearer than he ever stated it in, um, Civil War, which is he's an anti-supremacist. Just anyone yep. who thinks they're better than me or anyone who thinks they're better than anyone else, that's a bad person. And like anyone who's fighting to have like powers above others, like in many ways, he really does fit in with the, uh, the Carly's. And so, right. except, except Carly is willing to, Tari's willing to take the serum to stop them. And Zemo thinks that's a bridge too far. You've become a supremacist to stop the supremacism. Like it, it's, it's, it's so many layers of that issue. Uh, I really love it. it. It's like we, we spent so long talking about the, the, the three different factions of this, uh, you know, the, the three different viewpoints of this of like, you know, you've got the the nationalist and borders and the the icon of Captain America. You've got, you know, the man in the middle that is Sam. You've got Carly that's like tear down all borders. But then there's this secret fourth faction that we didn't know mm-hmm. about. That's Zemo over here. Like, no, yeah, tear down the borders, but like, don't give yourself over to wanting superpowers because like then you're just you're just like them trying to be better than everybody else like oh my god zemo right. ah, you're so right <laughs> well there's a telling line and this is i think uh one of the things that sam has that neither of them have is carly sees the people that are stepping on her as not worth anything and and she's willing to kill the people when she blew up that depot right uh and right. she she says you know they 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 were all guilty zemo in this episode has the line where he says This line is so, so telling of his character. He says, um, she wants, she wants to make more super soldiers that will want to rule over real people. That line, real people. He has, he has like this view that like those people are no longer real. Like, yes, they're trying to, so the people that are trying to step on you aren't real people. You know what I mean? And Sam sees both of them. As villains, both of them are doing bad things, but he still sees them as people. He still sees them as being able to be reasoned with. Um, he wants to go in there and talk to Carly. Um, even though she has, she's a super soldier, even though he, he, he knows that she has the mind of a human being that can be reasoned with. And I think that's like a Man. really, really cool element to the story. And I think yep. like Sam is, Sam's a good man and Sam really wants to make those hard decisions. I think he's equipped to make those hard decisions in ways that no one else in the story is. Yeah. He really shows himself to be like the good moral center of the mm-hmm. whole story. Yep. Like the whole thing. And honestly, like that, that scene, you know, it's, it, there's always that trope whenever it's like, no, no, I want to talk to the villain. Let me, give me a few minutes to talk to the villain. And like the, the trope is like, they're starting to kind of get through and maybe they're, maybe they're convincing the, the villain to come around and then like something happens and like, oh, they, they, I lost them. Like you ruined it. But like this one didn't feel tropey in that way. It felt no. like, it felt like they were making a real human connection. And, and even though, like, even though they were making that connection of like Sam talking to Carly and saying like, you know, relating my sister is, is expecting the same or the same answer that you're asking a question for, like, and, and, and the, like the fact that he says, I agree with your fight. I just can't get on with the way you're fighting it. Mm -hmm. It, Like it, that's such a heavy line and he's getting through to making the connection but she's not, she's still just so rooted in her idea of like, this is the fight 
this is the way it has to be fought. And like, yeah, they can identify with each other, but she's still very firmly on her side. And it, it felt like maybe they were getting ready to have a real discussion and a real talk. And then John Walker comes and ruins everything. Yeah. But it it felt so much less tropey than, than anything else where they've done this sort of thing. Yeah. I think it, it, it still very much fit into that. And I think one of the reasons it, felt less tropey is everyone is doing things that make sense for their characters. You know, yeah. I think when tropes fail, it's when <sighs> tropes are tropes because they work a lot of times. And like, yeah, the reason they fail is when they want to set up a scene. So they just set up the scene and then they don't set up the characters to be the kinds of characters. The one thing that didn't work about that scene for me, and this is like the first real criticism I have of this whole show. <laughs> I love this show so far. Um, but like, how did Bucky let that happen? How did Bucky let uh, John Walker through? Like, th- Bucky has no respect for him. Bucky wants to like steal the shield and just go do their own thing. Like, there's no reason a super soldier Bucky let a non superpowered John Walker get through him right there. It was really strange. Uh, they just and they and they cut away from that completely because they didn't they they knew it was a problem because Bucky's like standing in the doorway he's like no we can't go yet no we can't go yet well, and then it just cuts to them walking in right there's nothing there it's it's been ten minutes is the thing like Bucky said you know, oh, it's not been no I'd, it's not been it? ten minutes John sit tight okay and then John was like don't patronize me mur, mur, mur. I'm okay. Captain America I've got the shield Lucy this A it stands for ass hat yeah like well. Sorry to cut in here, but the the thing I picked up on that scene, too, is, like, Lamar doesn't have any dialogue, but you can see the expression on Lamar's face. He's used to this impatience from John. So For sure. He's like, yeah. oh, we've been here before. Right. He even says, I think he says, it's okay, it's okay, hold on, John. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he has a line a few episodes ago about uh, how we can't, you can't just punch all your problems anymore. Yeah, right. you can't just punch your way out anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of what Cap does. Well, <laughs> see, that's, that's the he thing. He morally punches. <laughs> they have a discussion this episode about the difference between heroes of a, of the previous age and heroes this age. Uh, Carly and her, like, second in command. Uh, and he yes. says the difference between those heroes is heroes now have to know they have to get their hands dirty. Yeah, they don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean. Right. And I think that, like... They're on to something. There is something different about the heroes of Cap's day where it's just like, it's Nazis. Go fight them. Beat up the Nazis. They even discussed that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that inside when he's like, when Sam says, those are our friends you're talking about. He's like, the Avengers, not the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> um, they even discussed the Nazis in that, in the graveyard scene when he says, you know, we're talking about his grandfather fighting the Nazis, you know? Yep. And it's like, that that's that's an analog for Captain America. Captain America was this like morally pure character who's doing the right thing, and and then when America starts, uh, or, or like the Shield, I guess it is technically. I don't think it's technically America. I don't know. They never really get into the geopolitics of Shield, but Shield is fucking up. He leaves Shield. You know, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the right thing. Um, you're making Hydra like weapons. I'm out, kind of thing. You know. Um, yeah. Well, actually, well, that's actually a little earlier, but anyway. Neither here nor there. He's trying to make the right decisions, but he's still punching his problems. And I think that, like, there is something different about a hero needed today, and they need more complexity to their thinking than even Steve Rogers had. Steve Rogers was very morally pure, um, but, like, Sam 
has this like very nuanced view of human beings and he understands people deeply. And like, I think this entire show, if he ends up with the shield in the end, which I think he will, this entire show is kept is it. This entire show is Steve jumping on the grenade. You know what I mean? Like this entire show is Falcon proving himself worthy of that shield. Cause really, I, we've always loved Steve. We've always loved Sam. He's a. I, I'm really, I'm really sorry. I, I, I can't let that, that Sheev slip go because in Star Wars, Palpatine is, is, is Sheev Palpatine. So. Right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry. You're, you're Didn't mean to get into Star Wars. Um, you no know, worries. You know, that never leads to good things when I get into Star Wars. Um, which leads to hate mail. Hate leads to, hate leads to Star Wars. Sheev leads to Star Wars. Star Wars leads to hate mail. And hate mail <laughs> is the dark side. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. S- okay. So. Reel it in. I think that Sam, this entire series, we always loved him. We always thought he was capped just slower. Uh, but now he is like, this entire show is proving his complexity and nuance and his willingness to do the right thing and proving he's worthy of the shield in ways yep. that we might have had a hard time accepting if they just given him the shield at the beginning of the series. You know what I mean? I thought a lot about that. Like this is them. I don't think we've talked about this on the show, but I thought a lot about the fact that they gave this other guy the shield sort of as a foil for us to go, that guy's not worthy. We want Sam to have the shield. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I could see us having a hard time accepting new Captain America, except they gave us this intermediate Captain America who's clearly bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> they went too far, and it's like, okay, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Give it to Sam. Now we're happy to have Sam. Yeah. There's not going to be pushback <laughs> once you give it. When you're taking it away from John Walker and giving it to Sam, there's, like, no contest. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, if it had just been handed to Sam, it would have felt like he didn't earn it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the amount of, um, uh, with, with the amount of screen time he's had, like, right. It, it really just feels like he, he wouldn't have earned it. Um, and it felt but, a little arbitrary when he chose Sam over Bucky. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can, we can headcanon all day. Like, Oh, Bucky's more complicated and has, you know, he's done a lot of bad things and he has a darkness and, but like, that's all kind of headcanon. We haven't really seen that discussion on screen. And this show is having that little conversation that happened in Steve Rogers head when he decided to hand over the shield. This show is showing us what Steve sees in these two people. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh God, there was a, there was a thing. Sorry. Crap. There was something that, something that Bucky said I wanted to, to point out, but I can't think of it now. Oh, well, must not have been important. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. It's I'm sorry, Joe. No, I'm sorry. Think you of it. Ruined it. It's fine. You'll think of it. You'll think of it. It'll, it'll come I'll, back. Yeah, but it won't be funny yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> My comic timing will be all off. <laughs> How about the the beginning of this episode where um, where Io and the White Wolf five years ago or no six years ago. We're sitting around a campfire, and she was saying the the words to him in Russian, mm. and he's just acting the shit out of it. That like, was all such those an emotions. Scene. God, it was so powerful, Matt. The "You Are Free" is oh. amazing. Like, 
I know that they have been trying to make Bucky a thing in the series, in the, in the, in the movie series since the first Avenger, but I've just never really cared about Bucky. If I'm being honest, like I've just been like, eh. <laughs> he's like, he's Steve's friends. He, he's a, he's a he's, extension he's Steve of Jason. Steve. Yeah. yeah he's a, he's a, he's a part of Steve. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, and, and like, he's a part of Steve's story. He's important for those reasons. Uh, but I've never really felt emotionally invested on him getting freed, except for how it relates to Steve. Because I just never felt like he was a point-of-view character. Uh, this series has already brought me around to that. And that scene, like, I felt real feels when he, when she said, you are free, and he just starts weeping. Like, very rarely in a show can you let a character go full-on weep, and it, like, yeah. makes sense for the character and feels right and it yeah. totally felt real and right. And I'm about to cry now thinking about him feeling freed of being controlled for all those years. And like, now that we know all the stuff he's dealing with, with his mental uh, state now and his like amends that he's trying to make, all of that moment is the moment he finally felt free and could start that work to become the man he wants to be. And that is just great to see. And I love Bucky now. I'm really on board with Bucky now. <laughs> right? <laughs> you understand the thirst now. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. So thirsty. <laughs> Seeing him struggle and like saying to her, it's not going to work. It's not going to work while she's saying the words. Like what he's saying is the, the things that they've gone through is not going to work. I'm going to fall over to, you know, to that mental programming mm-hmm. and watching him struggle with you know with not wanting to lose who he is not wanting to to lose to those words and and just the fight that was going on within him like he was he was gritting his teeth and crying from from how much like struggle he had in himself and then all of that turned into relief and when she said you're free and he starts weeping from from that like it was all of the feelings in all the right ways. Like it was so good, Matt. It yeah. was so good. Anyway, it really anyway. was. Let me turn the flip it around and make it really sad because okay. something that happened in the second episode when they're at the truck and he says, um, it would be a lot, this, this whole thing would be a lot more effective if I had Cap's wingman by my side. Yeah. Um, you know where both of Cap's wingmen were? When John Walker was beating a man to death with the shield in the face. Like all those cameras capturing what's going on. All they see is Captain America with Cap shield killing a man in broad daylight with Steve Rogers, two wingmen right behind Mm. him. Like that makes me so mad because they were trying to stop him, but the world doesn't know that. And I have a feeling like it's going to look to the world like Falcon and Winter Soldier were there backing him up while he did this. Yeah. And that makes me so mad, especially after the conversation in the second episode where he's like, ah, that's the, yeah, that last, there's always that last line in there because he was seeking their help for validation. And so in the same moment, he showed his true nature to the world. He also received the validation that like he wanted, which makes me Angry. I am angry actively about it. <laughs> you did nothing. <laughs> you just sat there and watched. Uh, I it's mean, rough. 
sitting there and watching was kind of their thing, right? Like when uh, when John well, Walker was fighting the Dora Milaje, and, oh. and Bucky's like, looking strong, John. You're doing great. How have we not talked about that scene yet? That was, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, so many, so many iconic, epic character moments happen this episode that I, we've been focusing on that. But like the Dormelage were a mate, the Dormelage Bay. Like <laughs> I am so loving the Dormelage, like just completely taking out these people and, and, and John Walker and the character moment for John Walker, they weren't even a super soldiers. They weren't even super soldiers. And I got beat like this. Right. Like, Oh yeah. It's rough. That's rough, buddy. You're a little bitch. Take the shield off. Um, <laughs> and Zemo drinking his like whiskey is the new meme for this week. Like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the, like, you know, you've got the Kermit sipping tea thing. Yeah. You've got Zemo. Uh, that's the new Kermit sipping tea is Zemo yep. sipping whatever it was in his uh, glass. I'll get on making that meme after that we get off this recording. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've also got Bucky there acting as the peanut gallery going, looking strong, John. Looking yeah, strong. Yeah. <laughs> looking good. You're doing great. And I love that, that Bucky walks in and he's like, okay, we got to do something about this. And like, he grabs the, grabs the spear and like, Starts trying to like wrangle Io, and he's like, "Io, let's talk about this." Mm-hmm. And like, she's not a super soldier. He's got the serum, so he's just like, eh, "Whatever, God, just hold yeah. still for a minute." Like, and then she takes his arm off, and then she takes his arm off, Which, and he's like, "The fuck!" I felt so justified. <laughs> I called that so hard right before we went live to watch the episode. I was talking to Blake, and he was like, "Can you imagine if sh- shouldn't Shuri?" Uh, Blake, one of our listeners, uh, a good buddy from Strand of Pan After Dark, uh, he said, uh, he said, can you imagine that Shuri made this thing and didn't put any other features in this arm? It's just an arm. Not even a laser finger. Right, like laser finger or whatever. And I was like, well, maybe there's some features, but I could also see them having a like fail safe in case he ever, they ever need to fight him. Yeah. And then they did it in this episode. I was like, yes, I called that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he was able to just like put it straight back on. He was just like, "Oh God!" And yeah. like they it, they just needed to to be off it on the ground long enough for them to to deal with him, and then it goes right back on. Like him putting on that arm fine. and flexing and swinging it. Oh like, yeah, so powerful. Oh. Well, he did that. That was the same thing that he did in um in the the movie Winter Soldier. Like oh. when his arm got uh, shocked by by Nat's widow's bite. And like he had to pull that the electrifying thing off, like hmm. it, he, his arm had to reset, and then he did that whole swing it around his thing and like, no, oh, you know, yes. good catch, yes. good catch. those guns, good catch. Yeah. It was uh, it was a nice little callback there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I said it in the live watch, but I mean, she virtually disarmed him. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's it's a good opportunity to incorporate some live feedback. We do have a. Uh, Matthew Fox, the ethical panda, is hitting us with some feedback regarding to this whole scene. And he says, uh, apologies for crossing streams, but the Wakandans building a failsafe into Bucky's arm so they can literally disarm him easily gave me serious Amanda Waller from DC Universe Energy. She always wanted to have a plan ready for every hero in case they went bad. And the Dora and Shura, uh, excuse me, Shuri, doing that show that they are preparing for what could go wrong. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it, it's a. I feel like taking an arm off is a little different than putting like bombs in the bases of people's skulls. But like, I I, <laughs> I see the vibe you're going for. I, I definitely see that. I can see the, the similarity. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get a uh, bring Jay Scotty in and do some more feedback. How about that, Jay Scotty? By the way, if you're listening to this and you hear us talking and you want to be a part of the conversation, we go live every uh, Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central on twitch.tv slash TV. You can go over there and follow us and it should give you an alert when we go live and you can uh, tell Jay Scotty what you want to tell us and we'll have that conversation I- right now. Also, youtube.com slash Panda. That's true. Right. We're, we're testing with that tonight. We don't know uh, for sure if we're doing it every week, but we're we're trying with the YouTube as well. This might be too much for Jay Scotty. Too much! <laughs> too much feedback from all sources! <laughs> uh, I'm no I'm no Ashley Coffin, but uh, I'll do my best here. <laughs> no. No, man, with that great. said, I'll go ahead and get my resident ass-kissing out of the way. You know, Ashley's a person that hasn't been present to, to receive some of that ass ass kissing, but I know she'd love it. So this feedback in particular, I, I feel like, uh, pertains to how she's able to do her little Monday recaps of what she thought, uh, for the episode. So Mr. Starosky is, is doing his little full breakdown of the episode and all the emotions that they felt. So, um, I'm working, so I'm going to drop my stuff really quick. John Walker's a savage. Sam and Bucky are bays as F or <laughs> AF. I hate that. I want to both hate and like Carly. Still think Sharon is a scroll, but most definitely convinced she's a part of Fury's sword. Mm. That Dora Milaje fight, though. Give me more Zio. Zemo, goddammit. <laughs> Love you guys, 300. <laughs> oh, I like man. It. I need... Mm. All the Zemo. Zemo is now one of my favorite characters, and I just love it. I love him so much. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That's all great feedback. While we're talking about Zemo here, uh, we did get that little nice moment with the, the Turkish Delight, and I had to bring this up. Haley Hobbs is asking, uh, Turkish Delight will never not make me think of Chronicles of Narnia. Right. Anyone else? No, yeah, yeah. and isn't it in, Absolutely. In, in Chronicles of Narnia, isn't it sort of used in a similar way, in a way? Like, the child is sort of brought into the world... Uh, it's one of the first things that happens is they get the Turkish delight and are sort of brought into the plans of the, I forget the witch or whatever. <laughs> the white, the white witch. She basically tells Edmund Piv- Pivensey that he can have any, anything he desires and he goes for Turkish delight. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, that absolutely connected for me too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So basically the, uh, the whole thing here that we're learning is that kids are easily swayed by candy. Yes. <laughs> it's so such a creepy scene, but it's also so effective. My my favorite line of his, well, he, that, I just also want to say the writing in this All episode is tight. And like so many lines from so many characters are wonderful. Uh, but one of my favorites was, ah, uh, this is my associate ahead. <laughs> and it's yeah, the little my, girl. My associate. <laughs> and I love that whole time when... <laughs> Like, you can tell Zemo knows he's absolutely in control of the situation, even though he's like, oh, no, no, I I, I expect that it'll all come to a nice, happy resolution. Like, <laughs> he is pulling every string, and John Walker is completely unraveling right around him, and he's like, my associate's right ahead, and John's like, what the hell, you're, <laughs> you're a kid, that... That is a child, Zemo. That is a child. <laughs> my, I just love it. My associate. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> it's been great to get more context for Zemo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you brought up uh, John Walker and kind of his uh, 
his baffled reaction to that whole thing. So we have obviously gotten a lot of uh, feedback regarding to the unraveling of John Walker. But uh, Niffer Newt comes in saying, uh, JW, I kind of like that abbreviation, JW doesn't have the temperament, self-control, or mile-high ground to wear that uniform. He totally defiled that shield. And following up right on that, uh, Vermilion One says, not just the blood on the shield, but the grin on his face. And at first I thought, oh, maybe he realized he messed up, but it seemed like he was soaking up the limelight. And I I definitely noticed the dichotomy of that scene. And Mm -hmm. it just shows how imbalanced he is. He simultaneously seemed horrified by what he did and the fact that he was being caught. But there was also definitely a, a sense of satisfaction and vindication there as well so yeah i saw the satisfaction more than anything and was like you son of a bitch Mm. yeah as he's realizing the cameras are on him i think is really when you see him start to be like oh i fucked up (laughs) up. cap's Mm. not supposed to do that (laughs) here comes here comes matt with the tiktok trend (laughs) good call there is a sound for that i think um (laughs) well And on that same through line, uh, Waterfall Angel Sharon's coming in saying, it'll be interesting to see how America responds to John's actions. We haven't yet seen any actual government people, which is unlike every other Marvel thing. I think that they're going to support John and just be like, this was a terrorist flag smasher. Oh, man. You know, speaking of America and what America thinks, can we talk for a moment about the super heavy line that Sarah dropped in this episode? Like, Mm -hmm. she just threw it out there like it wasn't anything. And, like, I needed a moment to process what she said when she was like, America doesn't care about my story or my world. America doesn't care about my world. So why should I care about their mascot? Or why should I care about its mascot? Mm. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it's so real. Well, and that's the thing is, I think we are setting up a dichotomy here where – you know, maybe the government will support John Walker, but like, just like in, in this is so real world and so like, as much as, as much as Marvel has stayed about away from politics for so long and like really mostly danced in the middle of things, like <laughs> this is not dancing in the middle. This is politics in a way that's not even just civil rights. This is like, America and its supremacy and it's like bad foreign policy. Like mm-hmm. this is America doing a bad thing in front of the world. And like, it's going to divide the world. Like in the, and these characters that are sympathetic characters talking about how they want to destroy the shield because it's a symbol of everything that like is being taken away from them and how, how this, these like sort of American supremacists and these all the larger countries who are like supremacists and coming and like taking their taking their place when they fed finally found uh welcome. And I, I found it really interesting the discussion they had about what this uh repatriation uh project that's happening is actually what's actually going on. And what it was is like basically they said all the rich countries in the world, when the blip happened they needed people to help them rebuild and they brought in all these people who are out in, in, in all these much uh, harder to live in countries. They brought them in may, like we're, we're welcoming of all the immigrants from all over the world because they needed people. And then once they don't need them anymore, they're throwing them all out and putting them in these camps. Like that's, that is very interesting and like not at all subtly about 
like America's view of immigrants and stuff. And, and that's, yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's wild. You know, honestly, it, I didn't think about it until, until this moment, but like the way that like we finally got clarification on who these refugees are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sam said for five years, people were, were, you know, crossing borders being welcomed because they were happy to just have people around mm-hmm. to help them rebuild. And mm-hmm. then, um, the, the teacher said, you know, we're not refugees. We have nothing to take refuge from. But Carly was saying they kicked us out of our new homes because yeah. like all of the people that got brought in, you know, they got put up in places where there were no longer people that, that, you know, existed yeah. to, to live there. But like now that they're back, it's like, okay, well they're back. You can leave now. Yeah. And I knew, I kind of knew all of this. Like if we, but we hadn't really thought we hadn't, we hadn't realized that Carly's people are people that came from struggling countries and struggling places and struggling neighborhoods, whatever, and moved up the socioeconomic ladder because they finally, there was room made for them by the blip. And now like that's all over. And this is such direct response to the blip in ways that we've talked about. We really wanting them to explore the like socioeconomic cultural impact of what the blip would look like. And this is, and I love the line that like Carly talks about how, She's made these, these people have become her family that she, if she had known them before, she would have been taught to hate them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Carly's mm-hmm. young too. She's like, what? Er, I don't know. She's young. I don't know how old she is. I, would, I wouldn't put her older than 25. Yeah. yeah. So like when the blip started, she was probably just getting to adulthood and then she's suddenly like thrown into the situation and now she's like leading. I, I, Carly's a fascinating character and the fact they've made her so sympathetic is, uh, just super complex and interesting for the show. Love it. Yeah. There's so much nuance in all of these characters in the show. Like mm-hmm. the writing in the show is stellar. Like the writing that I talked about the camera work earlier, the the mm-hmm. music in the show, the, the score in the show, Henry Jackman is a legend. Like when we got, when we got um, Bucky fighting against that one super soldier in the stairwell, like the music started to go kind of that, that winter soldier route like kind of toward the winter soldier theme, but it was slightly different in a, in a more, I guess in what felt like a more heroic way. Mm. And, and we saw that reflected in Bucky because like he jumped off the stairs and like, he was just kind of, it looked like he was just kind of done with it. Like, Oh, I'm tired of having to fight these idiots. Like, and he kicks him through the wall and he's like, stay there. Like, (laughs) That was such a Steve line. It was such a Steve line, but like yeah. his his whole his whole uh, facade right there was just like, Ugh, I have to go through this <laughs> crap again. Like, it's really weird, you know. You, you watch these shows like The Boys or Invincible, uh, where you've got characters that are like they're wearing the iconography of a hero, but they're doing horrible things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this yep. is like really strange because it's the actual iconography. He is wearing uh, like Cap's outfit almost to a T. Right. And like you're watching him in that helmet do horrible things. And it's so mind bending and strange and bold for this show to go as far as it did this episode, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jay mm-hmm. Scotty, give us two more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, while we're on the subject of, you know, some of the more 
poignant and real subject matters that this show has allowed us to, to tackle and discuss, I, I wanted to definitely hit some uh, live U- YouTube feedback. And we've got Brick Something chiming in saying, and it's not just black folks' story. I mean, that's a line that can be said by many whose stories have been invisibilized, which is both sad and scary. And I appreciate Sam keeping it real. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you mean the line of, um, America doesn't care about my world, so why should I care about its mascot? Right. Yeah. It's, it's such a heavy line. And, Mm -hmm. like, there's, you know, we, we talk about, um, this being just a, a a story of, you know, the, the struggle that, um, African Americans have faced or black Americans have faced in America, but like, they're right. Brick something is right. Like anybody who has been marginalized, any any minority has likely felt that way. And or or the impoverished or people from countries where they don't have the resources. Like uh yeah. Carly uh Car- Carly Carly is makes that clear, you know, that and and the diversity in her crew. There's there are white people, there are black people, there are Asian people, and they're all they're all banding together because they feel like they're being mistreated and thrown aside. It's it's definitely not just about but connecting it to that African American experience, it brings Sam into it in an interesting way. And it makes me really wonder where Sam is gonna fall at the end of this story. Because if yeah. like America is after you, you know what I mean? Like if America's after them because they side with John Walker and, and, and if America sides with John Walker, let's say, and like they're after Falcon and Winter Soldier, like I don't see him becoming Captain America. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. or, or siding with America. Exactly. So like where does that leave Sam? Cause he's also, he is a patriot and he is someone who's like fought for his country and wants to be there. And like it, 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 it and so is Bucky. And where does that leave them to? Are they going to be sort of left out in the cold? I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't know. I have no well, idea where they're going with it. Like, you, how do you resolve this story in a satisfying way? And how do you make your main character make all these hard, hard decisions? And this is him proving himself to be yeah. worthy of the shield, you know? Have, have you guys seen the, uh, the Netflix documentary 13th? Yeah. That was uh, directed by, by Ava, DuVernay. Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Highly recommend. If you have not seen it, watch it. Yeah. I was reminded of that. Um, when Carly was having her monologue at the funeral, uh, for, mm. um, God, what was Mama her Danya. name? Or- Mama Danya. Yes. Thank you. Um, mm. When she was at the, the funeral for Mama Danya, when she said, they impose hardships and struggle on us, but then they label us criminals when we push back. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately reminded of 13th. Yep. And it's like the way that she was getting everybody together, you know, backing her banner with that and, you know, saying we're branded as criminals when we push back, when they impose the the struggle on us. But like all of it is bringing us together, like I, I, I kind of side with Carly. Like even though she's blowing up buildings with people who you know are just doing their job or whatever, or trying to you know trying to to live their lives day to day and not really you know not actively trying to hurt other people, you know, just following orders, whatever. Like her struggle is definitely sympathetic <sighs> and and is real, very much the real world. Um, yeah, 
Mm. It's 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 hard to say that I support someone who just bombs a building. Right. But like, you know, much like Sam, I I agree with your fight. I just can't get on with the way you're fighting it. Yep. And the, the thing that is so neat about that scene to me is she's giving a funeral for Mama Danya. And yep. then suddenly she sees the visage, uh, the silhouette of Falcon in, in the nest, as it were. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I like it. I like it. And, uh, and then she changes her voice. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but she's very much having this like, we're together, we're family. It's like a very low tone, but then she goes in and starts speaking, like or orating in that moment when she yeah. sees Falcon. She, she's no she longer puts on the moniker. Yeah. She's no longer just talking to her family. She's talking to Sam. She's try she's right. trying to connect to his story. So I don't think it's any mistake that you heard the thirteenth in that, because I think that is yeah. that is Carly trying to connect with Sam and saying, I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, God. you know what I mean? It's, it's really, yeah. really freaking good, man. <laughs> I'm getting all these tingles just thinking about that. Like, God, this show is so damn good. It really is. Really, really is. All right. Last one, Jay Scotty, what you got? Last, yeah. Last couple things. We didn't get to spend a lot of time with Sharon, but just, you know, given the amount of speculation that was born out of last episode, I did want to pull a couple mm-hmm. of things together here. So we've got Melissa Khalil saying, also, how was Sharon able to track John Walker? I feel like this gives more validity to the rumors that Sharon is, is still in deep cover for the U.S. government or the power broker. And Muzzy Nat, Nathaniel Muzzy, also saying, so, I don't know if this actually matters, but apparently there are wanted signs for Sam, Bucky, Zemo, and Sharon on the Madripoor site. So I didn't pick up on that, but I thought it was a, a good catch. Oh. Oh, wow. In the episode, oh. there were these wanted posters? Apparently. Interesting. Interesting. Neat. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. There's a Madripoor site. You guys know this? Somebody the found website. a... Oh, the website. Somebody found a website that's, that's for Madripoor. And, and a, oh, I guess, yeah, the I guess they site. added uh, those to that website. That's Okay, gotcha. So okay, okay. it makes sense that they would be uh, being hunted or whatever. Especially... Yeah. Well, especially by the by whoever runs Madripoor. Um, yeah. Hmm. Muzzy's confirming it's Explore Madripoor website, yeah. Right. Well, see, this thing, if it's Sharon, why is she on a wanted poster, though? Like, the power broker doesn't necessarily run Madripoor. Uh, It sounds like whoever the power broker is runs the underground, you know what I mean? There still might be, uh, like, a government or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's lawless. Um, From what Zemo was saying, like, it was that pirate town. Well, Lowtown is lawless. Uh, but he said High Town's a nice place to visit, but Low Town not so much. Yeah. Well, um, when it was it was difficult to to follow what Scotty was talking about uh, when he didn't call her by her proper name, Baron Carter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was hard to follow. I agree. It was confusing. Uh, by the way, Muzzy Nat dropped the link here. It's exploremadrapore.com. Uh, so okay. if you go to exploremadripoor.com, there's a website. Uh, it's like the tourist board for Madripoor put it together. It's kind of, it's pretty great. It's, I guess, Marvel's making this website. Somebody just found it randomly, apparently. Yeah. You know, I, I may need to amend her name. Um, <laughs> I think, I think Sugar Mama Sharon rolls off the tongue a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I've seen a lot of Sugar Mama memes going around with her, like sitting in that nice apartment with her oh, glass yeah. of wine. 
Oh, yeah. And (laughs) and then we can use Bayron Zemo. Yeah, Bayron Zemo. Yeah, that's what I I thought you were going to say when you said Bayron. I was like, ah, I got where you're going. Um, On on that note, I was a little surprised by the lack of thirst comments uh, regarding to the knife flip. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we had the, the knife flip for the thirst crew. Uh, from from Bucky, yeah, and and I love that. Like as much as I hate him, his line here when when John Walker was like, "What's with all the knives?" Like, <laughs> stop whining, John. I love it. I love it. That that was a great line. Like John has all of the traditional, like really great, like funny lines and like cool lines in different moments, but he's just not the guy. You know? Yeah, he's just just not, not the guy. The guy. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that's about all for today's podcast. We'll be back. Uh, we normally go live on Mondays at, is it, what time are we planning to go live now? Is it six or uh, five? It's five or six central. Okay. I think we it just probably won't central. be until like seven, actually. What's that? It probably won't be until like seven, actually, because there's <laughs> always something that comes up. No, but now we have, the, the tech might be solved. It worked today. Hopefully it'll work Monday. Um, but oh, let me just say, uh, we were so 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 excited about the show. Of course, uh, we haven't gotten into this at all. But the um, the crowdfunding campaign, the GoFundMe for uh, the new equipment, the new computer, uh, it it fully funded this week. Thank you guys so much uh, for for doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing and very very uh, like I <laughs> I feel. You know that phrase, like, you feel humbled by something? Yeah. Uh, I always, I have never felt that phrase before. And this made me feel that phrase because I did not feel worthy of such a very, very kind gift and such a supportive move from the community to do, to give in such a big way so that I can get a computer that can keep this podcast running for the next six or seven years instead of like this last one did until it uh, bit the dust. Um, so thank yeah. you all so much for making that, that happen. Um, and I, I'm really going to try over the next couple weeks to finally find some time to reach out to everybody individually and thank you. Uh, I, I know Jeff's been sending those as well. And, um, I, thank you it's so overwhelming. much. Yeah. I, it's so I, many. I got behind there. Like there was one day where I didn't do like, I didn't send messages to everybody and it just spilled over. Like there's no way I can catch up at this point. <laughs> Well, that's, that's just a testament to how, how many of you guys helped out. And like, I mentioned, I think I mentioned yeah. this on a previous week, but like a bunch of you, I don't even know your, like, I'd never heard your names before. I just kind of scanned through the donations and like, I, a lot of the names I didn't even know, which means there's just this community that has been so supportive on Patreon, uh, and so supportive, um, come into all these live events that I've gotten to know a lot of people through this community or that surrounds this podcast. Um, and like this network and like the, and the it's, Facebook it's, group. Yeah. And all of Twitch. that. And there's a like, bunch of people on the list that I didn't even, I'd never heard their name before, which is just like how it just, it amazes me. There's people out there listening who I haven't even gotten to talk to, but they're still, um, lovers of the podcast and willing to chip in as well as some of the people who have, uh, been huge contributors in the past who gave hugely to this as well. Um, so yeah, thank, thank you all. Thank you all. Yeah. And we, we were able to use a little bit of, uh, a little bit of the excess to upgrade my machine too. Yes. Like, it doesn't cost as much as it does for Mac. Cause I, I'm a PC guy, 
<laughs> he only needed a few components for his his machine to make them better, and a few people actually went above and beyond and went over the amount and uh, enough that we were able to afford that for now, and that's freaking yeah. great. And so now my machine actually can serve as a backup. Yes, <laughs> in the in the past when we've had to jump over to Jeff's machine. During a live stream, it did not work, <laughs> which was a few yeah. weeks ago when mine crashed. We tried to move to Jeff's. It did not work. The recording came back and it like was skipping words. Like you were just like, eh, 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 eh. so it couldn't do the live stream and record at the same time, which is why, yeah. why this is, why this requires a, a hefty computer. Um, yeah. so what you guys are saying is there's, there's no excuses now, right? It's all got to be perfect uh, from here, from here cool. forward. That's what we're trying. We're trying for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm totally, totally kidding, man. You, you guys both deserve it so much. Uh, we love you. You guys have contributed and built an awesome community. So it's just a testament to what you've built. That uh, everybody responded like that and, and supported you. You guys, you guys deserve it. So thanks, I'm thanks. So Jesus. happy to see it. That's incredibly kind of you to say. Um, don't feel like it, oh, but I very much God. appreciate all of you guys. What is it? Get your lips off my ass, Jay Scotty. <laughs> and with that, we're going to wrap it up. Oh, Jay Scotty, throw out any plug you have. You think you do have a plug. I know we did it at the beginning, but do it again. Yeah, just just one more time. If you didn't hear it at the top of the episode, please check out uh, Animation Deliberation. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, wherever you find your podcast. We are a action, animation, and cartoon podcast our tagline is that we take uh, action animation and cartoons seriously but not too seriously so a uh, very exciting time to be a fan of uh, action animation we've got invincible on amazon prime which is just incredible so uh please check it out give us some feedback and uh yeah yeah i think you guys, are also, you guys are doing like a crossover with um star wars guys for bad batch right i heard that yes What's going on yes so in a few we'll, months uh, when we'll be teaming up with a month when bad batch comes out you guys are teaming up less for that. than a month Wow. Yeah, yeah, so just around the corner. That's here. some like cool animation and animation. Something I've never, we've never covered in the network. So it's cool to have and so have a, have a team. You guys working on that. So freaking awesome. Thanks Jay Scotty yeah. for being here. Thanks for yeah. producing Jeff. Always a pleasure, Hell my yeah. friend. Absolutely, sir. Uh, and we'll be back soon Monday uh, with some feedback. Feel free to send in your feedback, however you like, and join us on the live stream on Monday. Uh, peace. Later. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.